Get ready to shake things up with pineapple, coconut, and tango with mango lemonade, the two newest flavors of Rockstar Recovery from Rockstar Energy. These flavors are coming to you just in time to recover from the end of summer. But if that isn't enough, Rockstar Energy is giving five lucky people the chance to win $1,000 to fund their hustles. That's one grand in your pocket for any project you want. So recover like a rockstar, hustle like a rockstar, and visit rockstarhustle5.com for your chance to win. That's rockstarhustle5.com. See website for official rules and details. Welcome to the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&D. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the Oscars coming out with a whole new category. And is this really going to change anything of how we feel about the Oscars? There's more news coming out about James Gunn. And now Marvel wants to use his script. Is that being too hypocritical? And Venom probably going to PG-13. Uh, is that going to be good for Sony or good for Marvel? Well, all this and more. So I want y'all sit back and feel the Nerdgasm. Welcome back to the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&D, and my co-host, the Anime Hero Swag One Zero, is not here with me today because it is Otakon this weekend. So all the other Nerd Coalition members, Q-Flow the Rookie, uh, Quattro, and uh, Swag One Zero, they're all down at Otakon right now. So I am uh, kicking it with some new co-hosts. Before I introduce them, I'm going to let you guys know that there will be a special Nerdgasm Talk Podcast that's going to be strictly about Otakon. Their whole experience down there, the cons, the cosplays, all that great stuff, all the anime panels that you heard too. There's New Japan Pro Wrestling down there as well. So I'll probably talk a little bit about that on our uh, wrestling podcast. But they're going to be all down there. And they're going to cover that. So expect to get about double the podcast this week when it comes to at least the Nerdgasm Talk. So make sure you guys listen out for all that stuff like that. But at first, I want to introduce to my left... Uh, the greatest catch, my beautiful wife, Lady Sketch. What's going on, everybody? Okay. And also, joining me, who's new to this podcast. And, I mean, if you have not heard the brother, trust me, you will soon. Because they call him Left Brain, the man with the reason for every season. My homie, Joseph Franklin. Hey, it's your, favorite, your best friend and your favorite cousin, Left Brain. Well, Brian's best friend, rather. Yes. And your favorite cousin, Left Brain. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at... Uh, Mayor underscore Franklin. Follow me on Instagram at left underscore brain 88. On Facebook, I have a page you can like at left underscore brain. And on Facebook, my name is Mayor Franklin. Um, yeah. Yeah. And follow my anchor as well. Same name, left underscore brain. Because right now, I want be, before I got there, because he has both of these, uh, my co hosts with me today, is I want you guys to stay tuned. Uh, for something special coming up from both of these uh, individuals right here. But before we get into what is going to start off new, is we got to pay the bills. And that is, of course, make sure you guys follow Spacious Productions, the production company that the Nerd Coalition is signed to. Make sure you go on their website and check out all the great things. The uh, Market Dark Show, which I know mostly, that comes on weekly. Make sure you check out their show. I, I seriously doubt they was at Codacon this weekend. But uh, I know they... I don't know, you may cover it now, but make sure you go check that out. You can also find the Nerdgasm Talk podcast on that website as well, along with the No Gaming Seated podcast as well. And also, if you guys listen to us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and that little bell in the corner to notify you when these podcasts do come up. But if you're not listening to us on YouTube, make sure you guys check us out on all the podcasts as we're on Stitcher if you have Android, iTunes if you have an iPhone, uh, Google Play, Spot, well, not Spotify just yet, Speaker, and SoundCloud. And also, now, well, I want to double back on to what these two are doing. Uh, my wife, uh, the greatest catch lady sketch, is 
bringing out the podcast version of turntables so make sure you guys stay tuned for that that will be a spacious production thing as well so make sure you guys check out turntables if you guys are in hip-hop if you want to know the history about the hip-hop the fact of the day the cypher you want to flip the record over to the b-side make sure you guys go check out turntables and my man over here joe franklin is going to be you know what who wakes up in the morning and says you know what fuck it who all who wakes up in the morning and says you know what hey I'm tired of the way life is going. All that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? This is where you can talk about it on Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues right there at Joe Franklin's podcast. Who has You guys can follow that podcast on Anchor. And pretty soon we are going to be collaborating with him up here on Nerd Coalition. So you got, if any of y'all want to talk about anything going on in politics, things going on in the world, if you're just stressed about something, hey, before sometimes people have to go to that bridge, they just need to talk about it. So make sure you guys go check out and support also, which is up there now because he is 52 episodes deep. But right now, we're going to expand it to the main show. He's gone for, you know, 90 plus minutes. So make sure you guys check him out also on the Drunk Thoughts Sober Tongue right there on Anchor. So I got all the, you know, the main stuff out the way. Okay, it's pretty good. So we can go to our main show right here on uh, Nerdgasm Talking. So a couple things has been coming up, a couple things has been brewing. And one of the things that have come in the past week that I didn't get a chance to talk about was that, uh, so the Oscars now. I haven't watched the Oscars in a couple years. Have any of y'all watched the Oscars in a while? Absolutely not. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I think I know why collectively why we haven't watched the Oscars in a while. The representation of our people have not, not had not been great, especially over the past couple decades and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. However, I am a huge fan of film. I love cinema. I love movies. So I do love to see who gets the awards. I mean, every now and then if it's on in passing, I do watch it because I do... I am a big fan of cinema and film. However, so there has been a, like Jimmy Fallon was the host last year, and he made a nice comment talking about you know we got all these movies in the best picture category mm-hmm. that nobody knows, but yeah, Black Panthers in the theater crushing. No, that was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Black Panthers in the theater crushing it right now. Which, by the way, Black Panther just made seven hundred million U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. They just made they crossed the path to seven hundred million. Disney cheated a little bit, but they wanted everybody to get to seven hundred million. Mm-hmm. So, because it was only in twenty theaters, uh-huh. and they went and bought an extra five hundred theaters uh-huh. for people to go and watch the movie for an extra day, because it was only twenty thousand dollars short. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then instead, of, I mean, a lot of people would have been like, "Look, they got the seven hundred anyway." That in my mind, six hundred and ninety nine point nine something million. Mm. I'm like. It's seven. It's seven hundred million, yeah. but uh, but they want that actual thing on paper to say seven hundred million. So Black Panther did that. But uh, so now uh, the Oscars is coming out with this category called the most popular award, most popular uh year award. And you know a lot of people they like this, and a lot of people talk to social media, a lot of people talk to the internet about not liking the reason for this award. Now before I get into my thoughts about it, I want to get into y'all thoughts about it of how y'all uh, guys think about this whole thing about the most popular award. Do you think it needs to be another award show on here or, or do you think that this helps out the movie community kind of thing? No, I don't think it needs to be another. I think uh, if the movie's good it needs to be acknowledged as great not just popular because to me it's kind of a slap in the face. If you're saying because yeah. when you say most popular you're basically to me this is how I interpret it. Yeah. I could be overreacting but you're basically saying to me let's talk about Black Panther you're saying mm-hmm. it's the most popular but yeah. not necessarily the best. Personally yeah, I seen the movie for yeah. what it was but it was a great movie. Uh-huh. I wasn't looking at it for popularity. I had no idea it was going to grow seven hundred million. Yeah. I just thought it was a great movie, and I'm not even really a comic book guy to be yeah. honest. Yeah, uh huh. That's my take, man. Uh, 
Lady Sketch? Um, I feel like this, I also kind of feel like it's a slap in the face type of thing. Because I know, I think this was aimed particularly at uh, this year at Black Panther because they know that people are going to be asking about it since it was such a powerhouse. However, I think this is more so overall about the whole comic book genre because it's been dominating for the last 10 years. So, and people have been asking where are the awards for it because these movies, it's not like these movies are bad movies. You guys just don't want to acknowledge it as like, um, you know, cinema uh-huh. because it's not what y'all see as the typical movie. Where I mean, the reason people latched onto these in the first place is because some of the movies that we had coming out, it wasn't like we had like stellar pictures every, you know, every month to go see. People latched onto this because it was something. It was something new. It was or something cool. Yeah. So it's like I think it's 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 kind of like politics. I know this sounds crazy, but it's like this year the the when we elected this new president, he didn't win the popular vote. But so so somebody went in, you know, that people that were in it for him went and was like, all right, so I'm gonna put in the electoral college votes for this dude, despite the fact that nobody else likes it. And that's kind of what this is. It's like the best picture is not necessarily a picture that people care about or a bunch of people went and seen. The people who are part of the academy were like, this seems like a masterpiece, even though nobody gives a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah uh, the thing is, this has been this this been going on with superhero movies, big action movies, even animated movies. You know, the animated category was just recently made a couple years ago. Yeah. The best animated film uh-huh. because so we can get acknowledged to the animated films because a lot of the top grossing animated films over the years have I mean, a lot of films have been animated films. You got the Incredible Two that just came out. Mm-hmm. You had the Toy Stories and stuff like that nature. Those movies gross a lot of money. Right. And I think. Uh, there is truly an issue. Like every time there's a a superhero movie that comes out, you know, it's always looked at as cheesy. But for the past ten plus years, superhero movies have been grossing a lot of shit, a lot of money. Have been growing a lot of, and you know, a lot, have been bringing a lot of casual fans. I think the last uh, the last superhero movie I remember seeing with you was when we went to go see The Dark Knight back in two thousand eight. Yep. That's that's what I've seen with you. No, that's true. No, yeah. that's true. Uh, in fact, and I'm going to tell you straight up, like I said, like you said, it brings out casual yeah. fans. Black Panther, yes, I'm a casual fan. Because yeah. I've never seen the Black Panther before here. Yeah. Like, I'm aware that the Black Panther's been a while for a while. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually seen what he does. Yeah. Who is he? I didn't even know, like, nothing about him. I just heard yeah. the name. Exactly. You know, the, black, the only black superhero I've ever seen before Black Panther was Static Shock. I about to say Meteor Man. Okay, no. Say, I you know say, no, I didn't even think. I didn't even think about Meteor Man. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna say Meteor Man. Yeah, Robert Townsend. Exactly. That movie is so damn bad. It's, it's so bad. It's good. Yeah, type yeah, thing. Just Wait, hold on, hold on. Since, since we yeah. go Meteor Man, don't, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm doing it. You gonna say Black Man? Black Man. Okay, no. Okay. He saved on Black Man. I thought he was about to say steel. I thought he was about to say steel. I'm about to say, oh, no, don't, no, don't no, you put no, Shaq no, in this no, category. No, don't no, put no Shaq in no, no category. We're going to put Blake Man in there. Yes, okay, because yeah, Blake Five. Oh, my God. Damon Wayne's annoyed the fuck out of me, but you know what? I did like Blake Man. I love Blake Man. <laughs> Crazy, man. That, that is childhood all over. Right it there. is. Yeah. So, what's the piece, J5? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there has been, you know, there has not really been a lot of recognition for a lot of these big action movies. And then, okay, if you go to like the Fast and the Furious movies, 
you know, they've made a lot of money also. Uh-huh. And people was thinking, like, well, is something going to be nominated for that? Especially Furious 7, which was the last one that Paul Walker was going to be. You, you had a thought? Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, man, man, um, man yeah. like, we really just, granted, we, we said it's a slap in the face, and I still feel that way. But do you think this is like a sort of a, I don't mean ignorant in a bad term, but like ignorant in a sense of not knowing. This is a way that they're trying to appease yes. the community. This is very ignorant because they know that the movie, especially if you're going by earlier this year's Oscars mm-hmm. and some stuff that was nominated, a lot of these movies people don't even hear of. Right, mm-hmm. right. And the problem is, is like, what what in a movie does it take to be an academy? Does it have to be a drama? Does it have to be a crime drama? Yeah. You know, I think it, it just has to be something yeah. that they see as stereotypically um, like a good, what they see as a good movie. Like it has the elements. All the cliches. Uh, the traditional good movie not necessarily what's new yeah because even these superhero movies do follow the three act stru- structure that is supposed to be in film mm-hmm. so there uh, I do think it's a thing of pure ignorance because now it has gained a lot of attention because each year right. the Oscars has been losing more and more viewers that's what every saying. single year yeah, that's what and of course it, it, it's you know when you have your community that is just really elderly white men there's, there's no women. Mm-hmm. There's no people of color in that community. They just, just start trying to change that kind of thing. And there is there could be a lot of bias because who's going to go out and even... It, it, and I'm not trying to turn to a white black thing, but yeah. who's going out to see Civil War? If that's only white men not going out to see Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, they're not going to yeah. see that. They're not going to see Vin Diesel in Fade the Furious. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go see Keanu Reeves in John Wick. You know, they're not going to see those kind of movies. They'd rather see the, you know... Uh, art house movies. No, yeah, based on art house movies or the like. There are some, you know, uh, bad pieces in there that it's like uh, wonder or you know, uh, life is. So I forgot what those movies are called or stuff like the Notebook type things like that. Or even if it's like, even though like they have some that are popular movies that are nominated, but they hardly ever win. You know what, Oscar? Yeah. This is how you get the people on your side. Uh, I'm gonna lose y'all real fast. Okay. I need to go on YouTube, find out every movie. Look at every movie with potential. Remaster it, get them to remake it. It's got to be a good movie now. Yeah, <laughs> go on YouTube, go on YouTube, look at the free movies. Uh huh. Got some good movies, and then nominate them, and then you get the people on your side. I'm <laughs> saying. I'm willing to bet it's going to be a category in the upcoming Oscars. What's the cutoff? Okay, so the cutoff now is usually November of this year. So it's going to be a bunch of quote unquote um, movies that they don't see as serious contenders and black movies. I could see, I could see it going that route because it's like, is this gonna be y'all way to the, the say Black Clan that just opened? Say Black Clansman does well. Is this gonna be y'all way of repaying? No, because Oscar? Black Klansmen, believe it or not, that has potential of they look at those movies for Oscars. But once again, those movies is us, you know, especially us African Americans representing racial times, yeah. uh-huh. segregation times, slavery times. Look. 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture. They love a good slave movie. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. That's the only black movie they you know what I'm saying? So they love a good slave or they, you know what I'm saying, or the one like the civil rights movies like Selma and stuff. They get nominated mm-hmm. and they may not win. But those Black Klansmen by Spike Lee, which we will talk about later on in the show, is something that's going to be looked at when they, when it comes to Oscar contention. But that's the issue. But if you look at something like Black Klansmen, that was actually, uh, they right now got a 97% of Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. and people have been saying that this has been Spike Lee's best movie since... Anything he did in the mid nineties to two thousands, 
Because now, see, now that's that could be debatable. That mm-hmm. could be debatable because well, Spike Lee's movies in the mid nineties to two thousand. Uh, but you know, well, but I'm saying, but we we we're gonna talk about that later on mm-hmm. in the show though. But when it comes to if you look back at some of the movies like this, okay, what about Infinity War? It don't Infinity War don't need to win Best Picture. Uh huh. But when you look at somebody who did excellent CGI on Thanos, uh huh, and you see it look like hey. I don't care what the other movie looks like. That visual art right there looked appeasing. That should win something. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of cat like Logan won uh, last year for best screenplay. There was just no way it could it could not have won the the best screenplay. And there are some of these movies that have that contention. Black Panther should not win for best picture. I told you when it came to movies I watched this year. uh, Won't you be my neighbor in a quiet place? Well, once or, my neighbor will probably be in a different category. It would be, be but see, that's the problem. It should be a, it, you know, say they with a quiet place. That won't get nominated because it's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Horror movies don't usually get uh, nominated at all. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to stuff like that, which I think are some of the best movies I've seen this year, Black Panther is in my top ten of stuff I've seen this year. Yeah. I would that that wouldn't be best picture to me, mm-hmm. but it would be costume des- costume designing. Okay. The costumes, the accurate, you know, accuracy of the costumes that they had in that, in that yeah. movie, and the culture and the stuff that they, they had different African tribes, mm-hmm. that is something that should be uh, notified when you talk about these uh, in in the Oscar contention. Okay. And the problem is, e- superhero movies, action movies, horror movies are not even getting that recognition. Yeah. Wow, they're not I even mean, getting like, that kind of stuff. Horror movie, horror movies, what you would think would be the first ones to go for costume design and makeup and special effects and all that because that's. The specialty. That's that's yeah, basically that's, that's all that's going yeah. on in that movie. Hmm? And there are now there are sometimes where superhero movies they get an award for like you know uh, best original screenplay, original score, or because there's no way you can tell me that uh, Black Panther shouldn't be nominated for best original score yeah. in this in this movie. And the score just talking about the African music mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, not, you know the, not the necessary the com- not, not necessarily the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, even though Three Six Mafia won an Oscar, so anything is possible. But you know, but but, e- but even <laughs> still, that soundtrack was really like good. It. It was like really it. a good soundtrack. Yeah, but I don't. I'm saying, yeah, in, in the the grand scheme of things, I don't see them nominating it for soundtrack for the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's like so if Aquaman comes out in December, does it not get a great visual effect because everything is underwater? In, in Atlantis, you know what I'm saying? Does it not get a good visual effect? So it sounds like this, like this. Okay, look, we don't think you are good enough to be in any of these categories, but we got one for your own. So I agree with that slap in the face. Yeah. It, and to me, it's not like, I'm not saying I want superhero movies or action movies in Best Picture. Right. A Best Picture is a movie that I can go see. I'm like, yo, that's a good movie. I can go see it three, four, five times and I get tired of it. It's the best. It's exactly the best. However, there you have... a. Like tens of other categories that superhero movies or indie movies can be recognized in. Mm-hmm. You're getting a one actors and actresses in these movies. Yeah. So you mean tell me there there are no actresses that have some best supporting role? There are no actors that have best leading role. The last superhero movie that won an Oscar was The Dark Knight, Knight. with Heath Ledger uh, played the Joker, but he was dead. He and it's uh, probably because he died. And I'm just like, but he was like, he was so good. But I'm like. I hate to think because his performance was so great in that movie. That's probably one of the reasons why everybody, even Cashman just wanted to see The Dark Knight. They're like, the Joker's in there? Yeah, why not? And then uh, when they go to see it, like, yo, this guy was really good at uh, doing his role. But the problem is, you're sitting there thinking, like, so if he was still living, 
Would they have given him that Oscar? Yeah, because we still got memes about him, so that makes him a martyr. Yes. I'm just saying, if you got Joker memes in 2018, we see the yeah. Dark Knight too. In this day and age, where everything is microwave, he's a martyr. Yeah. I'm saying, so you think he would he, he would have won the Academy Award? I, still, I think he would have. Yeah. I think he would have. It was that good. But that. But that, that's a ten-year gap. You know what I'm saying? True. That's a whole ten-year gap. You know how many superhero movies he had from 2008 to 2018? That's true. I mean, we just had twenty from the MCU alone in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then we had the DC out there and all that, and then we had all these Fast and Furious movies, and we had all these other action movies and stuff like that. And then there's you you got uh cinematography. There's so many other categories you can go for, and I, I've just never wondered why they would never take the time to acknowledge these actors that's putting in. These are big budget movies. They, they spending some money. The company spending some money for these. And they putting in work. Acting is acting. Whether it's acting, you liking them. Whether it's a movie you like or not, they acting. It's not like they out here just in the movie theater. It's not like Keanu Reeves and John Wick is not Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted's. Uh, what was it? Awesome and actually. Uh, awesome actually, yeah. So it's not the same. There's progression here. He acted his ass off in John Wick. There's no reason why he couldn't have been nominated for best actor. So, what do you guys think the situation should be? Opposed to just saying the most popular. Because me personally, when it comes to the most popular, I'm like, do you know how many movies? That's just the summer alone. Mm-hmm. But if you can count the whole year, it's just not fair. Right. Because you got so many popular movies. If you think back, we're, we're at half the year right now. And a category, and I was only about, what, five? But popular yeah. is not going to... To me, that's what... I don't like the idea of popular because it, it's an empty it's an empty category. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. All you're saying is the, a movie that sold a lot of tickets. So the most... That doesn't mean anything. It's not saying anything about skill. It's not acknowledging skill. It's not acknowledging mm-hmm. a work put in. It's not acknowledging anything other than you sold tickets. Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't like the idea of popular. What I suggest yeah. is they get some better people on the board yeah. do some better evaluation. I What's agree. The best? Yeah, or I, I agree with that. If you wanted to split up and be like best picture drama, best picture comedy, best picture yeah. fantasy, I, I even if you, I could see swinging that before you do a most popular because that just sounds like a participation trophy. Wait, hold on. Why don't we just X the whole board out all together and let the people decide? No, that'd be too... Because, that's because, too because people are biased. Yes. Oh, okay. the, the, I, mean, I mean, not the board that's biased, but people are really biased. They don't know what they're looking at. Like, people... I think the problem is the people that are on this academy are either super rich donors or people who really value film. Like, the art of film. And that's why yeah. the movies that win, win. They win because they value the way it's structured, the way it's shot, or the act, or the acting in it. It's not just because... And they won't even go see the other. Well, how about this? Change the board every year or two. Don't just get people who's, who's used to sitting in that seat and they know they can just do that because... Yeah. Cause I mean... I, the people that get the best the best evaluations come back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind uh, of thing. Like, I say, you get somebody that evaluates a movie and you grade their evaluation based on how they really saw it. Like, yo, were you biased at any point? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would look at, like, trying to uh, hire, like, the Supreme Court. Because you can't change out the Supreme Court, but you can hire the best judges. You got to go do a serious That's evaluation. I mean, yeah. It's that, because it's you know the Academy is going to be there for a certain amount of years. Right. And then, so what you do is you're like, this, okay, we need to vi- find people that value the art of film, but we also got to bring in a mixture of people that films affect differently because film is subjective. Yeah. Yep. And then because they need to be able to have a discussion about it. You exactly. You can't just be by yourself on some, like, like, voting for the president. Nobody get to see who you voted for. Yeah. They need to have a discussion about this. Like, okay, how do we feel about it? And they need to evaluate it together. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I I, I think that that's what should, something should be like that. Cause I I don't want it to be a movie like Superfly mm-hmm. that sells a lot of tickets and wins most popular in, in the Oscar and like Superfly, Superfly has no no reason to be on there in the first place. God, I love Superfly. The original one, oh, nineteen seventy two. Yeah, I'm talking about. It, but you, did you see the remake one? I know they're coming up with it, me, but I don't care about that. Yeah. Superfly's already done in 72. I don't want to see it. I don't care about it. Yeah. 72 is done. It's just like with the the Grammys, and they started bringing more people from different genres, and it's like, you can't just have people who are um, well-versed in more the most popular genres, um, and you don't acknowledge the fact that hip-hop is one of the you know, highest-selling genres out right now, but you have hardly anybody in the hip hop and R and B world there. So now they're trying to start like including people in the academy. A lot of people and letting people know, kinda like regular vote and letting them know they rights. People didn't know before you could just request to be on the academy. You didn't like they didn't know that was the thing. And they was like, Really? I didn't know that. But they don't tell you that because they don't want anybody just anybody applying. So now they've been sending the invitation to more people that see they have a different worldview of things. So now it's completely different than saying, oh, well, we just want to have three country artists or producers and two pop producers and um, a classical. You know, it's, it's they don't look at things the same as everyone else. So you got to even out, like you were saying, you got to even out the pool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's so they should discuss a thing because... I'm still stuck on Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got this fantasy in your head about getting out of the life. Setting that other world on its edge. Yeah, yeah, you you know some Superfly. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Didn't it's I tell awesome. you? I used to watch Superfly front and back. Yeah, Superfly was great. You really ain't got the stomach for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't think it's it's not gonna be fair until they really start shaking it up and considering actors and actresses from movies they normally wouldn't consider. Oh, uh-huh. it's like it's one thing. Like, how many times did Denzel get nominated before he got one for Training Day? Of all the movies Denzel was in, he got one for Training Day? He had to be crooked yeah. before he took it. <laughs> no, seriously. That's how, that's how it is with everybody. The only person I can remember off the top of my head that got an Oscar for being a character that wasn't, like, a pimp or was out here, you know, explaining himself was Jamie Foxx. He got, you know. One for Ray. He just... For Ray. I mean, yeah, true, but you can't wear a few dresses and a few TV shows. Oh, no, uh. no, no. But they, it's not like he got nominated for that. I'm no, saying but in his movies. It's mm. not, it's it's just like, y'all, why why do we have to go through all these back yeah. channels to shut people up? Exactly. Y'all could really just. Leonardo DiCaprio had to eat a dead bear. Bruh. Before he got Leonardo one. Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep. How many movies do these people have to be in before they get. First of all, Leonardo DiCaprio should have won one for Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, just all saying. Right, yeah, that's I, agree. I was that's just saying he showed off and he completely overlooked that one yeah. because and, uh, it's not a typical movie that well, they would yeah. want to see. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was an excellent. Uh, I thought that was really excellent, long, but excellent. Good movie. But yeah, I I I, 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 I did look up the werewolf of Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. East. Anytime I gotta go and be like, I wonder what really happened. Here. Exactly. All right. Well, you know what? But the, yeah. So I think we're all in agreement that you know the pilot work is it's kind of uh it's going to suck. But you know, yeah. I'm moving on to our, our our next topic here, and the next topic that I have here is um so I'm gonna bring this up. So Marvel is thinking about using James Gunn's script 
for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, for those who are not too familiar with having with James Gunn, he had put some uh, very disturbing tweets out. Couple uh, was it, uh, like 2010, 2010, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He put put some tweets out mm-hmm. about you know uh, before was, the world gave a shit. Before yeah, yeah. Really before the world gave a shit about child pornography and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, wait. Oh okay. I'm James sorry. Gunn. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I understand. <laughs> it sounds like you sounded. It was yeah. just like. Before they gave a shit about child pornography, it should have been like before they uh, gave a shit comedy. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was like, wait, what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got you. So, uh, <laughs> they did that. So, but then he, uh, Disney found out about it uh-huh. and they fired him for those past tweets. But then it did come out that he did recently apologize about those tweets he had back in the day. Disney still wasn't hired, uh, you know, hearing that. And for me, I was like, you know what? Disney has the right to fire who mm. they want to fire. Yeah. However, they fucked up. when Bob Iker comes out and says, uh, this right here is inconsistent for what Disney's practices are. And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the record scratched for a minute. Mm. And I'm like, hold on. Now it looks like there's a couple now. People are a little angry. Dave Bautista once said he's supposed to be out the movie. But now Marvel is saying they're trying to get James Gunn back. But the uh, the, the thing is, they're thinking about using his script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is still due to come out in 2020 mm-hmm. after the whole Avengers 4 thing comes out and everything. So I, I want to ask you, because I'm going to start with you, uh, uh, Left Brain. Yes, you know what I'm saying? I know you're smart enough for all this stuff like that. Now, I'm going to put it in, in, in your scenario. You have a guy who did something bad, right? Mm-hmm. Child uh, pornography. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, now he he was one of those kind of guys that when he would like say those kind of raunchy stuff to get to get, a rea- a rise get a rise out of people. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of shit was like I was like, okay, bro, you need to you need to dial gotta, this shit back. Yeah, you got chill. Who, you know, asked for forgiveness, and then back then, by the way, not like recently because they found out yeah, back then before he started d- digging it, and then they want to fire him. And which Disney has their right to do it, mm-hmm. but yeah, come out and say that they're saying that's inconsistent with Disney practices. How do you feel about that? Well, first of all, what are Disney practices? Uh, saying that all throughout their history, mm-hmm. they did they did not tolerate this kind of behavior. Well, with this type of thing, now we're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> so basically, okay, so now we're talking about evolution, and evolution has to come with social media. So they'll say this is not consistent with Disney practices. All right, well, it's a new day, mother. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. New day, motherfucker. But anyway, yeah, no, I think fire the guy. Or you know what? If you want us to use your script, you don't get a credit for it. Charge that to the culture. I mean, if he's that good, if you're that great, if you're that great, just because you're great don't mean you get a pass for writing disturbing stuff, especially about child, por- child pornography. Just uh-huh. because you're great doesn't mean you get a pass. And just because, all right, Disney is inconsistent with Disney practices. All right, well, you know what? We're changing everything now. We ain't going to allow this no more. Yeah, we used to allow that. We used to do that. But for the people and for the sake of this company, we're no longer putting up with it. We're not going to say, oh, well, we let so-and-so slide with it back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So it don't matter what anybody does nowadays. We'll let this slide too. Nah, nah, nah. Now, lady sketch, okay. what's your, your opinion? So, I don't know if you had a context of everything that's happening with this. So the rundown of it is James Gunn made offensive tweets. They fireball because they didn't agree. Then, uh, because it didn't align with, you know, Disney's, uh, what do you want, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. their brand. And then, everybody goes all up in arms that they fired him because he apologized. Now, people were like, they were upset, but they could understand. 
Disney coming out and saying, oh, this is not aligned with our practices doesn't make sense for the simple fact that she's one of your leading men, it, Robert Downey Jr., wasn't shit. Yeah? Oh, okay. So you can't... So you can't you punish have, one without punishing the other. Exactly. You have several people still on your payroll who have done questionable things and have and and they have also released questionable material over the years. A child pornography. But this is the thing. He huh. didn't actually he, huh. he didn't get charged with any child pornography. He didn't do anything. Okay. He just made lewd jokes that were I'm not gonna say just he made lewd jokes alluding to child pornography that were inexcusable. Mm-hmm. And it was part of that whole crass humor um, movement they had going on back in the day, which is problematic. The issue is you can't say, well, it doesn't align with who we are and you have people still um, in your movies that have done crazy shit in their past and you was like, since you changed your life, it's cool. But now, not just that, because people are upset about that, I think it's kind of like if you don't want me here. Mm-hmm. Shit. Good. Can't scare me. Sorry. If you don't want me here, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But you can't use my. That's my intellectual property. Okay. You can't say, hey, um, we don't want you here, but we know your movie was fired, so we're going to take it. Now, technically, he could go to court and they probably would say it may be property of Disney because it's probably under his contract. That whatever he does is is theirs. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but he could be a dick and tie them up in paperwork, and mm-hmm. it won't be no Guardians of the Galaxy three unless somebody slaps something together real fast and puts the movie out. I mean, it takes years to put these things together and tie everything together. I feel like this is see this is like court of law type. See now we because it's like all right, I understand people may have done some questionable things, Robert Downey Jr. But is there parameters on questionable stuff, or is it kind of like you know what? Yeah, he wrote lewd tweets. I mean, I might have, I might have wrote a few lewd tweets, but he was a drunk, or he did some crazy stuff too. But it's like, is there any parameters? Is this worse than that? And some things you can kind of let go, and some things it's like, nah, bro, that's a little too much. Well, see, it, it also goes like this because when you look back at Robert Downey Jr., who destroyed two television shows, yeah, who got caught riding in the car with a gun and cocaine, put people's lives in danger. When you go to Josh Brolin, who just played Thanos, and who was who has been charged for domestic abuse to his wife, if you're looking at somebody like Ti, mm-hmm. who has been in jail for uh, you know, pos- was a uh, it was possession. possession. I think he yeah. was, he he's a convicted felon, and then after that, I think he was found with a gun. After that, like, yeah, he's done questionable things, and he's still a rapper. Let's we, let's keep it real, but. <laughs> But each one of them people, each one of the ones I just mentioned, with the Robert Downey Jr., the Josh Brolin, the T.I., each of them ter- had a chance to turn their life around right. to make something different. Okay, evolve. Okay, it evolved. So in other words, we seen the problem with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and he came up and he turned his whole life around. Now look at the franchise he's in now. When you look at Josh Brolin, like this man had three movies come out in the same year. This year, he had three movies of that Deadpool 2 and Sicario 2. Uh-huh. They all came out, all sequels. He had come out, they all made shitload of money. Then you got T.I., who was in these, these Ant Man He had a movie come out this year in Ant Man, who uh, he got some money from that too. And the issue people, a lot of people are having is they fucked up. Mm-hmm. You, they, you gave them a chance to turn their life around. He's not getting. People are feeling that James Gunn is not getting the same opportunity. And when it comes to the punishment, gotta fit the crime. 
but it also feels as though that with all the stuff that's been going on with the Me Too movement, all the stuff like that that's been going that's on. That's what it is. But with this stuff like uncovering, it felt as though like people or companies are just reacting to what they think they need to do opposed to what they should do. Well, it's, it's because that's tough, man. When you start talking about Me Too movement, it becomes real sensitive, and let me tell you why. When you start, when you talk about the Me Too movement, they're trying to catch up on the years and years and years of yeah. stuff that's been going on. So now it's to a point where it's no tolerance for nothing. You tweeted something ten years ago. You've been like this all along, but we're just now catching it. You're fired. And I'm not saying, I'm, but it's like I said also. If you want to be a part of it, you just get no credit for it. Charge it to the game. Charge it to the culture. Why not do one? Are you rich? Can you afford to do it? Then just charge one to the culture. You can get a credit for anything you do from now on. But just for this particular film, just give up the credit. Give it back to the victim. Give the uh, whatever proceeds you would have made. Give it to the victims. Anybody that might need lawyer money, any female that might be going through something or a child. But he's not part of the me too. That's what I'm saying. I think you're missing the point here. He crash statements opposed yeah. to putting people's lives in danger mm-hmm. is a different way no matter what time frame it is mm-hmm. it's a crash statement if, if somebody look as much as we don't like the word if there if some supr- white supremacist going around calling us the n-word with the er at, at the end of it yeah but he's not killing us he, he's not you know yeah. i'm saying you technically cannot convict him for that we not we don't like it it's disrespectful it's a uh a shot of our uh, of our culture, and you know, and also we know, and we're not going to like it. But by the law of the land, he did not burn across on my lawn. He did not come take you know my wife and kid out of my house. Mm-hmm. He didn't bomb my house. He didn't he, he didn't put people's lives in danger. Don't make it right. So what I'm saying is, you, the punishment that happens, you, your crime gotta fit the punishment. Well, here's the thing. I'm not asking that that man be put in prison. I'm just saying. No, but, I, you, but I'm just saying, but you not know, about being him being put in prison. I'm like... These are real crimes. The people you said that committed real crimes yeah. did serve prison time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They had a chance to forgive turn themselves to turn their life around. They gave, they're not giving this man no, no chance to... It, the thing is, he already apologized. He already acknowledged the wrong that he did so it's like so where's the line here where's the line and then everybody said look fine if you if Disney wants to fire him mm-hmm. cool but once again there's two sides to every argument I get that. and the thing is Disney when people kept saying why'd you fire James Gunn why'd you fire James Gunn then all of a sudden they felt as though that they had to answer Mm-hmm. And when you answered, you made it worse well, because you be the right answer. because when you answered, you just said, you know what, we fired him because those actions of those tweets are inconsistent for anything this has ever done. Has anybody remember Uncle Ramus? Yeah, has anybody remember Dumbo with the Jim Crows? All right, I'm gonna put it to you like this: If somebody yeah. tweets something out like that, who's never done it? Now you say he's alluding to child pornography, right? Like, he, just, he was making crash statements that would be... Because I need to know exactly what's... Because if, it, if it's alluding to child... I need to know exactly what's been said. Because the way I'm looking at it is this. If you tweet something like that, would I, li- I want to live around you? Would I trust my... Ch- Even though you've never done anything, you're not registered as a... Yeah. Student, you've never done anything. The fact that you tweeted that, now I, know now I know what goes through your mind and how you see things. Do I want to live around you? Do I want to leave my kids alone with you? Or anything of that nature? Now, I'm not saying you leave your kids alone with anybody, but mm. I'm just saying, 
do I want to live? Do I want to be around you if you do? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying he should be. All I, all I said was this. I never yeah. said he should be blackball. I never said he should be fired. I just said, look, as a as a token of good faith. Yeah. Just give one to the culture. That's all I'm saying. But I 100% agree with you when it comes to well, I want to buy kid around there, right? Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I agree with like, how does this man think? I agree with you. However, by good faith. Aren't we allowed to forgive? Are we supposed to forgive? Yes. By good faith, are they aren't they allowed to be able to, you know, basically redeem themselves? Mm-hmm. So if he did that already, but but just saying sorry, because how many people say sorry? And I mean, everybody says sorry. I mean, of course, everybody says like, <laughs> that's I, all I'm okay. just saying. But it's a difference when you say sorry. Let me not. Then I haven't had a history from 2011 mm-hmm. to now putting up them tweets anymore. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. If this happened in 2010, I say, you know what? This is fucked up. Mm-hmm. I, this is before everybody was part going to do everybody's Twitter's account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know what? Those were inappropriate. I apologize to everybody I offended out there. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Please forgive me. These tweets, I'm not going to talk about this crew human anymore. I'm going to move on and try to make myself a better person. And if you have no tweets... Of the from 2011 to 2018. I know I didn't buy nothing in. Because if that's what happened, then no, nah, bring him back. Don't fire that man. Don't let nothing. That's actually, it. nothing should happen if that's what happened. But I didn't get that. I just yeah. got he put tweets out. Oh, uh, yeah. this is from 2020. I think 2012 was the latest tweet, maybe. And then um, he apologized and said that he was turning. He was, you know, trying to turn over a new leaf, and he didn't want to. Um, he didn't want to, you know, live by that brand of human anymore. Because I vividly remember this. Like, because all this started back when we were in college. People mm-hmm. be doing crass, saying crass comments. You had your, your Dane Cooks and your uh, Daniel Toshes of the world who would say crazy stuff just to get a laugh out of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the issue that a lot of people, I think that the, the bigger issue here is people, them saying this doesn't align with our uh, company's values and still allowing other people of the same that have done crazy stuff to be involved. It's kind of like we talked about this, I think, on the the wrestling podcast, yeah. where it was like Hulk Hogan got trouble because he was calling people that got in trouble because he was calling people the N word. Mm. He was suspended for what three years, right? Yeah, from WWE, and he couldn't, you know, go out and represent them, make money off them. Cool, understandable. However. Nobody knew, because WWE doesn't have a physical Hall of Fame building, so mm-hmm. nobody knows really what happens. They came out and said, Hulk Hogan is coming back, and everybody was just like, whatever, he can stay going. People didn't really have an uproar until they said, we're reinstating him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew no, he was out. Nobody knew he was, he was out. Right? No. So, the problem with that is, there are plenty of people who have not been put in a Hall of Fame because of people's personal feelings and politics backstage that deserve to be there, that have done way less, or have done things that don't necessarily <coughs> directly affect other people. Asante Sammy is not one of them, but just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, China, you remember China, right? Yeah. It, she did pornography, and she was in a relationship with Triple H at one time before he was married to Stephanie McMahon. Oh, that killed her Hall of Fame. So, that she won't, they won't put her in the Hall of Fame because uh, of those things. That's crazy. So, it's like, her doing stuff after she was a WWE superstar and after y'all wouldn't employ her no more 
and because she had a relationship with somebody in the company means that she can't go in the Hall of Fame, but you'll be you're willing to put him back in and we didn't even know he was out. Yeah. It's that's it's it's yeah, more that's in that's that it's so, more in that vein. Not okay. necessarily like, yeah. oh well, we uh some people cause some people say they agree that he should be fired. But other people are saying like I don't think he should have been fired. This was a long time ago. It's it was not that deep. For some people, even that if it is that deep, you can't be like, look, I understand y'all fired him, but then you can't say, oh, we fired him, but we're not going to fire everybody else. But see, I, I can't even look at the, the punishment like this. Okay, instead of being fired, you're not allowed to do any direction on any of these other crossover movies we have. Because mm-hmm. usually when you do these big adventure movies, they get the different directors from each of the other movies mm-hmm. to help put their spin on it. And what I was saying also, uh, let me clarify. I know he's not part of the Me Too movie. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if if it took for you... Now, granted, you said he apologized before he got caught. So yes. that, that, that's when the ball... That's what totally changes everything. I didn't. Know. I yeah. thought he apologized when he got fired. No, he got, if that happens, then that's when I got. But if he apologized way before he got fired, then it shouldn't be about nothing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought he apologized. Now I got to clarify this. Yeah. I thought he apologized when he got caught. No. If you apologize way before you get caught, then it doesn't. It shouldn't change anything. Now Disney's just tripping. Yeah, and that's it. So people were saying. That it's like okay, if y'all want to fire him, y'all y'all in y'all right to do that. But you coming out, it's like the, you're a big time company, and you, you got these little people talking mm-hmm. and write petitions. This is this has got too much money. Don't care about them petitions. Yeah, of course, of course. But but you had to have somebody to come out there. It's part of being defensive. You had somebody come out there. They had to say something. something yeah. And what you did was you just opened Pandora's box yeah. and made everything worse. Yeah. You made now now you now you're looking back like you Disney are a bunch of hypocrites because. People, Disney was Robert Downey Jr. turning his life around. Yeah. He turned around before then. Uh-huh. He they gave him a shot. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. killed it, around. and then he turned it around there. So it's just like, bruh. No, everybody it, should be allotted the chance to evolve. Everybody. Exactly. Everybody's got something that's done something they're not proud of. Everybody should be allotted the chance to evolve. But I'm just saying for those that it takes for them to get caught to apologize. Yeah. We'll yeah. forgive you, but you got to show a token of good faith. Exactly. It's not going to just come with it. I'm, all right, I apologize. Yeah. Nothing. Nah, my man. You got to give up something for you, the culture. You, you got to give up something for <laughs> That's that. That's all I'm saying. But for somebody who is like, I did it. I fucked up. I want to move on from this. Before. Before. So he did this apology in like 2012. Oh, no. Then this shouldn't be. They so that is it hypocritical Very. for them to use his script that he wrote mm-hmm. for their movie, but he's not allowed to direct his script? I yeah, think at this point, I think at this point, even Disney might have even known that they messed up, but it's kind of hard to backtrack. Yeah, you already don't put a up. Company to not have a crisis management, a proper crisis management uh, staff, because that's what all this is about. Right. You're supposed okay. to have somebody who's supposed to be mm-hmm. out there and spin it nice mm-hmm. and make it sound cool. And they did a terrible and be job. like, yo, um, look, we we know that we fired him, but. <sighs> Uh, we don't this doesn't align we understand that we may have some people who have you know done things in the past but it's you can't it's just like you can't come out and say that and then not expect the backlash even further it it just it doesn't it doesn't work y'all should have just been quiet and been like we firing bull then now now if he decides to do something after that and say yo I'm not letting y'all use my script or we going to court so we gonna be tied up in court until the movie come out so y'all can rearrange everything if you want to mm-hmm. or you can just get somebody else to write a whole new script mm-hmm. and that's that's within his right whether he did it or not he wrote that script it's his mm-hmm. script so it's like I don't want somebody else directing my um, 
directing my work because it may not come out the way it's supposed to. And you may shoot yourself in the foot by using somebody else's script because mm-hmm. now you just slapped the new director in the face by saying, well, this script was really good and we didn't really need you here, but uh, yeah. you yeah. messed up, movie, so yeah, do yeah. this anyway. Right. And you're trampling on my work because may not be directed the way I want it to be directed just because you're reading the words. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody sitting there and doing a table read with you is different from somebody going out and doing a whole... Um, doing the whole run like an actual run through of a movie that's true you know it's just i have a problem with it only because it's like this is his art whether he's guilty or not his uh you know he did this and he has the right to be like this is mine you can't use it if you don't want me you don't want mine if you terminated my contract Mm -hmm. that means everything in my contract went with me so that means that that's mine so should R. Kelly lose his record deal? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Get the bottom. No, it's all good. But you know what? We're going to our last main topic, which is going to probably be a short one. And that is, uh, so they're thinking about turning Venom PG-13. Uh-huh. Now, I know there's not really a lot of big you know, things about here. Because, first of all, I don't think any of us here, uh, you being a casual fan of uh, mm-hmm. Joe, and then, you know, me and Lady Sketch, you know, be, you being with me being more up to be, uh, you throwing this in my face like, no, sorry, I'm, I'm a Tom Hardy fan. I don't care. Oh yeah, so yes, I know, <laughs> I know you're a fan of Tom Hardy. That Rosewater smells good. Go ahead. It, the only, I would say, but uh, I'm sitting there like, okay, so nobody had especially seen Venom anyway. We we seen the, the uh, I seen the latest trailer. It got a lot of people excited for the movie, mm-hmm. and we know Venom from the Spider-Man comics is a very dark character. Yeah, yeah. very dark character, and we've have seen radar movies. Uh, from Logan to Deadpool to Deadpool to do sick, do great in in, in money because you know it, it attracts a different kind of audience. Mm-hmm. And now there's a fear of it going PG-13. There's going to be probably making Venom, who's a darker character, too. I don't want to say kid friendly. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, so I think they're trying to make it. Well, they're trying to make it more marketable because a, mar- a PG-13 movie is more marketable than a, a rated movie. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Around the audience, but not because it's not in the sense of more marketable, like appealing, just because it'd be like if you're 15 years old, you can't see a rated R, it takes away it's one less ticket sale, yeah. You know what I mean? That type of that's a, that's a, that's where I was going with it. Mm. That's I think. I mean, would it be that big a difference? Like, because in some PG 13 movies, there's a lot of killing going on, it's a lot of stuff yeah. in 3D 13 movies, but you can clearly see the difference in a Deadpool, where the Deadpool would be if it was PG-13, where the uh, Deadpool okay. would be if it's a rated R. So I don't know exactly where they was going with this Venom story that it would have to be rated R. So Venom needs a lot of cussing? Is that what this is about? Me, me, me personally, mm-hmm. I don't see, because I never had high expectations for this movie anyway. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So, and, that, and I mean, like after I seen each other sold it to me a little bit more, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I understand the dark humor in it, and I understand Sony wants to try to make a home run here so they can try to, you know, keep the Spider-Man thing going. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, every movie doesn't, every superhero does not have to be rated R. Right. Yeah. But if you have a dark content with uh, this Venom character, because yeah, he, he's, he's a dark enough thing, people are worried about, well, if it make it PG-13, is it going to take away from the movie? And uh, is it going to have Sony have another failure? Because Sony has had... Three failures back to back to back with Spider Man. They mm. failed on sp- pe- people that not like Spider Man three. Right. Mm-hmm. People di- weren't too fond of the Amazing Spider Man. I think people and people did not like the Amazing Spider Man too. The right. ma- I think they might have been able to swing it until Amazing Spider Man two, and then mm. it was just like, all right, y'all, <laughs> like come on. And it wasn't Jay Fox's fault, but it was his fault. 
It was his fault. It was a second. I, I love Jamie Foxx, but it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. He was not. He was not an adequate villain. Neither was Paul Giamatti, but Paul Giamatti is a good actor too. Yeah. My my friends are real good at precisely identifying the problem. And exactly. calling it out. <laughs> Bruh, if he was not, he just was not like it was. It was like I wanted this. I wanted him to be great. I wanted yeah. him to excel in this, and that's why I was wanted this for you, Jamie. It, we did, but he was too generic. It was just too bad. <laughs> too it generic. was like this. This seems like. Somebody was like, all right, so what makes a villain sympathetic? This, this, and this? Let's throw that all in here. There's no development. Okay. And what makes them really bad? Let's throw this, this, and this in there? Okay, all right. So um, it just didn't it didn't work. How many times did it tell Jamie Foxx cut before they gave up on him? Yeah. <laughs> was like, you know what? Screw it. He's a big name. We'll ride off. Yeah, that's basically, that's basically <laughs> what it was. What exactly happened? That's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, we ain't got to dwell on this too much, but... uh. Uh, right now, that goes off for the main topics today, but now I want to bring it to some topics. We have not done this a while on a Nerdgasm Talk podcast. Out there, uh, Swag on Zero, I'm going to do this for you right now. I'm going to personally play some Swag on Trivia. Okay, so the Swag on Trivia is obviously a game that Swag on Zero plays where we do different questions and things of that nature about different superhero things. But you know what? I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to do it my way. So let's hit that music. All right, guys. So this is a Swag on Zero segment, but we're going to turn it up differently uh, today. So, All right. so right now, so what I'm going to do is, since Black Klansman came out this weekend, uh, the newest Spike Lee joint, mm-hmm. I'm going to go around and ask you guys, what are your top five favorite Spike Lee movies? What are some of the ones that you hate? You know what? I'll start off first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off first, and then we're going to go around and talk about some of the ones that we did not like. And if, 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 if anybody see Black Klansman? Yeah. Not. No. Yeah. No, I do want to go see it. So I'm going to make sure I see it. But you know what? I've been hearing a lot of good things about this movie. And that's very, over the past 15 years, it's been very rare for a Spike Lee movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. But you know what? So we, I want to get into the top five. And I'm going to start off. So these, these are my top five favorite Spike Lee joints, to say mm-hmm. the least. Uh, do the right thing. Of course. Oh, this is in no particular order, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not in order, but go ahead. School Days. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X. Mo Better Blues, hmm. yeah, and get on the bus. I did that. There was something about you know, but see, I'm also thinking about if uh, do I want to? No, no, no. I'm 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 gonna put it out. I won't still stick with uh, get on the bus. So those would be my top five. Get on the bus is one of the movies that can go switch in now with another one depending on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah, I thought she was going to say she's got to have it. She's got, see, I kind of like she's got to have it, but that wouldn't be one of my favorite ones though. You know, it's the first, I, I, I like the, first of all, I like, I like the movie way better than I like the TV show. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh. I mean, I think the TV show has room to grow, but I do yeah. right now like the movie better. Exactly. Um. She's gotta have it. Just it's such a good movie, but it just rubs me the wrong way. It was okay. Cause guys, get I'm so biased. Cause she she just she's just she's savage. She's she's <laughs> she 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 definitely is. She definitely is. But you know what? Uh, I'll go with top three. No, I, I'll say three because I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't that big a Spike Lee fan. I didn't see all his movies. So okay. First, I'm gonna go with Jungle Fever. Took see that was That's one of what I was one thinking one about between switching between Get on the Bus and Jungle Fever. Mm. So that I, so I was like, which one I want? I'm gonna go get on the bus, kind of edge it out for me for certain reasons. But you go ahead. I'm gonna go Malcolm X and I'm yeah. gonna go do the right thing. 
Do the right thing was so good. Do do the right. Every time Malcolm X come on, I sit there and watch it. You know what? I take this back. I may personally this is this might be me be me being biased. I'm taking off, get on the bus and putting on He Got Game. Ray Allen oh. could Ray Allen could act worth the shit, but you know what? Denzel helped that movie, and I love that he got Yo, a game movie. You know what Ray Allen did for me? I think the first time I seen uh, he got game, I was mad at my pop. So <laughs> I had a mindset that when I get big enough, I'm gonna get right at him. So Ray exactly. Allen did that for me in the movie. I like that. Jesus Subtle's worth. Yes, yeah. I was like, if that's not a Southern Christian Ship Leadership Conference game. <laughs> If, if, if I ever heard Let's one see, before, he went biblical on his pop. That was crazy. He did. He did. Uh, Lady Sketch, can I get your top five Spike Lee's? All right, top five. Um, in no particular order, Brooklyn, uh, Malcolm X, yeah. Do the Right Thing, School Days, and I, I, I'm gonna have to go with Mo Better Blues with an, honor, an honorable mention. Yeah. To four little girls in the Kingdom Come. Four little girls is great. Four little that deep. Was a great documentary. For for have you seen any of Spike Lee's documentaries before? I have not. Okay. The, and I wasn't big on Crooklyn. Sorry. No, no, no. That's why it's not my top. Five. I wasn't. I like the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not my. It's not my top. It's like see, you gotta have it's not in my top. Yeah. yeah. Like, but you uh, gotta have it. I like, but it's not in my. But when it comes to Spike's documentaries, though, they're great. Four little girls and when the levees broke mm. was some was a deep powerful documentary. It was good, but I mean like, bro, you gotta be in the mood to see that, and you you got you, you, you gotta be like seven in the morning. It gotta be like daylight. It's it got you, you need a drink because you are gonna get angry <laughs> because you know Spike show you everything. I know Spike show you everything, and then even when when oh, I watched the, the I bought first of all when the levees broke was a four part documentary, mm-hmm. and I bought it and I was like. Huh, okay, I'm gonna I'm watch it because I want to see it about Hurricane Katrina, right? Mm-hmm. And then when Spike showed them bodies floating in the water, Woo, bruh. and then when when he when when he showed when they pulled the bodies out the attic from the house that was flooded, oh god, my stomach turned. I don't As, see how y'all still got y'all souls. My soul would have left my body. Yeah, yeah just, that's too much. Bro, it, it is, it is. I'm just like, but he shows it all. And even with the four little girls, he shows so the girls. After after the, 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 I'm like, because oh Spike, Spike got this thing. It was like, I want to hammer this point into you yeah, yeah. to understand it. And I'm like, I appreciate that to a certain extent. Yeah. And it's something that's like, bruh. You could have left that out. You could have left that because honestly, I've watched The Levies Broke twice. And I have not watched that documentary in over 10 years. I watched it once because that was all I could stomach. You don't even have it in here. When The Levies Broke? It's not in there. Oh, really? Yeah, weird. Even the, okay, well, you know what? It's not. They, they didn't really say in the movie theater. Four little girls didn't release in the movie theater. They did, but it's still yeah. even still they said you know they got stuff right here the short films and yeah. they got television. Oh, television. That's why. Television. Okay. It's now, popping up in a different in different things. So let me ask you a question now, because I said because uh, you hit something on there also. You saying that he wasn't necessarily a big fan of Spike Lee. Wasn't. Is there a, a reason for that? Now I'm not saying because I think I probably do agree with you on certain things. That's why there's a reason why I didn't like Jungle. See, don't get me wrong. I thought Jungle Jungle Fever was a decent movie, but mm-hmm. as a film, it had problems, yeah. which well, I'll get into. But uh, so, what's some of the reasons why you don't I mean, do make a Spike Lee? You know what? I think it's more personal than his actual work. I just think like Spike Lee to me comes off as like a not a maybe this is wrong you to say. say. Preachy? Yeah, like I, I just can't. Uh, I don't know. It's just no, no, no. 
I, I agree with you on that one. But go ahead. It's just like... To a certain extent. I, yeah, I agree. I think... But you know what's crazy? I think, for me, it was kind of like he's the lesser of two evils because you got Bill Cosby preaching and then you got Spike Lee preaching. No, I'm sorry. I can't compare them to... But, I mean, but think a, about it. They both were critical... Um, of people you would think they wouldn't be. But here's the thing about Bill Cosby. He was preachy, but I could laugh first. Like, Spike Lee, for me, just seems like nobody's smiling. Spike Lee was one of the kind of guys that was just like, he don't feel as though that the audience gets my message. He gotta make it. Like, you gotta it's make like, sure. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, it's the point to the point. Where it's like okay, you're getting slightly overkill. Yeah. You're getting overkill with yeah. the message. And one one of the reasons why I didn't put Jungle Fever on that thing is because the message was supposed to be about interracial relationships. Yeah, and you know, what I'm saying it's especially up in New York in that Italian neighborhood in the black neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Yeah. And it became a whole nother movie by the second half. Yeah, sure it, did. it yeah. talked about drugs. drugs. It talked about you know prostitution. prostitution. And I'm like, stay on one point. Right, right. Stay, you know what I'm saying? Because you can you can make a powerful movie if you stay on one point. That's why Do the Right Thing was such a good movie. That's why Mo Better Blue was such a good movie. That's why Michael Bessler was a good movie because he stayed on one point. One, it was one central story. But with, with Spike Lee, the more angrier it seemed like he got. Mm-hmm. The more movies he made with like thirteen different points in one movie, and there are sometimes I'm just like, okay, why can't he just date the white woman? Well, why do you have to cheat on his wife for the white woman? Uh, you know, see, well, see, that's that's another thing. I'm just like, you illustrated the story of a home wrecker, right? Whose brother is on crack, whose parents are pastors, mm-hmm. who uh. He has this jungle fear. I'm just like to the point he had where way too much. It was just it was like, too much going on in there. Are we doing interracial? Are we telling the Marvin Gaye story? Are we like what's like, happening? Like like my personal opinion about when it comes to Jungle Fever, he got inspired by a story of this this black teenager who was dating this white girl up in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they didn't like their relationship and they killed this boy. Wow! And in the beginning of the movie, he has a screenshot of the boy that got killed. That's the inspiration for this story. But yet, he takes the inspiration from the story and turns it into something completely different. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with having a story of a black guy who's in love Mm -hmm. with a white woman. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Let that be the But I felt as though when you had to have Wesley Sipes cheat on his wife, when you had to have his brother on crack, when you had to have his parents come from a very religious background. Mama, I spoke the team. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... And then when, when you're sitting there juggling so many topics, mm-hmm. it comes off like, it's, I don't understand what you're doing. And then on top of that, he goes back to his wife at the end. And in the first that's place... That's what I'm saying. That this was dope. Like, that's why I was just like, this is <laughs> And then the end, oh my God, that end scene ruined the movie for me. Where homegirl came in and was just like, hey, daddy, don't you want to? And he just grabbed it was like, no! Like, bruh. Yeah, that was... Bruh. It's like, what is going on? Like, I understand. Oh, my God, this could be my daughter one day. Uh, like, I get it, but we got that part. You're just doing the most right now. So, in the mid-90s and the early 2000s, there was a thing where it's like, okay, so, um, he did a movie. You ever see the movie Bamboozle? Yeah. Okay, he did that movie. And I was like, okay, this looks interesting because I wanted to learn more about the blackface in, yeah. in the minstrel shows. This movie turned from blackface in minstrel shows yeah. to satire and play mm-hmm. to uh, gang violence. Yeah. 
to I'm just like I See, need you to slow down. Yes, the satire mm. could have very well, uh, you know, worked with the blackface. But then you got into the gang violence, and mm. it was just like and the, uh, and it was about how they exploit black people on TV shows, which is still which is which Shout still ties into hip-hop. blackface. That's true. Yeah, but you and you still could could have incorporated that without it being like yo, um, what? <laughs> so everything was everything was everything could have went well minus the gang violence. No, no. Me, me personally, I think Bamboozle would have won a lot better. Mm-hmm. One, if it was just a guy who was trying to make a TV show, who turned into a minstrel show to just to skip money mm-hmm. and learn the era of the ways. Okay. By All the right. minstrel show. Shout out to Drake. Yes. So uh, I think that would have been a more powerful movie. Yeah. Instead of you bringing Most Def and Charlie Baltimore in that movie, killing. Uh, Savion Glover, Glover yep. and having um, uh, I, I like Jada Pickett in the movie. I had no problem with Jada Pickett in the movie, but you know, and then like and then having this whole hate love relationship between Jada Pickett and Damon Wayans in this movie, and I'm like, you're trying to tell too many stories. Yeah. And then Spike Lee has a, has a thing where in all his movies, he wants to throw something in there just to teach them about the, the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. So, with this new Black Clansman movie, it's, it's, it's not a spoiler for anybody out there who wants to go see it, but he is, is mention of Birth of a Nation in there, Gone with the Wind, the Charlottesville uh, rally that happened last year, mm-hmm. and there was... So, how do you tie that into a... That's what I'm trying to... I'm trying to figure so out... So, this is... Look at the reviews. Like, once again, there's no spoilers about this, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things they said. They said, he's throwing... St- He's still being spiked. He's throwing so much in there because it's like, okay, the movie's about this black guy, the first black detective. detective in Colorado, who infiltrates the Klan. Yeah. That's the movie. Right. Stick to that. However, he wanted to illustrate how Birth of a Nation and Gone with the Wind, which were declared the greatest movies of all time, and how racial they were. I get that. Trust me. I get that. But what does that have to do with this movie because this movie is a true story right well birth of a nation is about the clan the clan so i can understand that that but i can see birth of a nation and going with the wind unless he throws it in there while he's the going with the wind i would use for bamboozle understandable yeah but i'm wondering if he i don't know spike lee's mind but i'm wondering if he'll throw it in there um in a manner of like when they're going over the KKK and the origin yeah. of it and how it came about and the structure of it yeah. and everything. I could see using the Birth of Nation for that because that's what that's about. Yeah. Um, and then Gone with the Wind, um, I don't know how you would... Because it, it has the underlying themes in there that would be problematic, but I don't know how you would tie that in. Now, I'll have to see the movie for that, but Birth yeah. of the Nation, I understand. I don't know about Gone with the Wind. Uh-huh. I don't know what that's fucked, what the fuck that's about, or how you ma- manage to mention the Charlottesville rally. Maybe at the end. Well, it's, it's at the end. Yeah, so maybe at the end, it's kind of like, yo, this all happened back in nineteen. And whatever. once again, but right now, Spike Lee gets uncomfortable because he shows the girl get run over by the car. Because that's what Spike Lee do. God damn it, Spike! And I'm just like in the movie, in the movie theater, I'm like, it makes. Huh? <laughs> it's just to the, it's to the point. No, it's like just said, like you could have even you could have put in you could have done so much different. You could have left it out. One, it could have been like a special feature on the DVD, but God. it's just like you could have put so much 
so many different things. I just read a story about a guy who was at the Charlottesville rally and decided he was going to change his life because a black pastor mm-hmm. mentored him. I was just yeah. like, you could have threw that in there. You could have threw the rally. You could have all the social features on the DVD. But that's it, what I'm saying. Like, I, we didn't need but it. I agree with you on that, but I'm just saying, but see, that's why I agree with Joe here talking about the the preachy is strong. And I'm just preachy like, is real strong. it's strong. And I'm like, and to the point where it's like, whether it's black, white, or people that have, who really just don't understand, who are ignorant, mm-hmm. and it's just like showing death, showing you know. Did that girl die? Yes. Oh Lord Jesus. Okay. She died. I didn't know because there are there were people who got hit by cars and lived no, no, and they just no, got no, she's the only one that died. I didn't know that. That's what and it, it it was a white woman that passed away. Oh no no I remember that oh, I yeah. remember her getting hit. And he he gives like a little small tribute to her according to the end of the movie. Of, of what I read on the reviews and everything but the thing is when I, when I go back and look at these Spike Lee movies uh-huh. you, 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 I, I gotta look at it this way if I'm looking at the four little girls right mm-hmm. the ones who died at the Birmingham church uh, bombing I'm uh-huh. sitting there looking I'm like this if I'm their families I don't like it I wouldn't want my daughter's body shown on TV like a screen like that I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and maybe say and don't th- people think that I'm trying to defend uh huh I'm going to go on a limb here and maybe say he went to the families and worked with them and asked permission for this. Okay, I'll give him that. Till's mama left his casket open because he she wanted everybody to see what they did to her baby. Yeah. It it could be the same thing. It could be the same thing. Just to play devil's advocate, he could have very well asked each of the girls' mothers, do you mind if I show them afterwards? Or the mother's could have asked because if Emmett Till's mama did it they could have very well said I want you to show it because I want people to see what happened to my daughter and they didn't deserve any of this I, that's what I'm that's all I'm saying and just being okay. particular you you nailed that accent very well what? Yeah. her baby <laughs> yeah. I didn't even do it she nailed it a, yeah I, you know you're good on that one and I'm saying like you know what I can agree with you on that one it's just that when I seen when, when, when the levees broke the levees broke was deep I was just okay. like okay when you show me one, two, two flown bodies, okay. There's a lot of bodies, bro. But when he when he has a montage, a montage of bodies, it's like a two minute montage of just dead bodies in the water, the on cars, on porches. I'm just like, who is giving him the the? I feel like Chuck D is cheering him along <laughs> the way. And the, but you know, and but that his way of saying is like, I want y'all to show that I want y'all to understand that, I want y'all understand really that, that what really happened and that George Bush didn't come down here and help the people when they need to be helped. We I'm know, shocked, we but, hit it. But that's the thing, I don't think people, I think he has the understanding that people, some people don't get it, and some people don't. Mm-hmm. But I think that he seems to think it's his duty to make sure people, people do get it, get it. Yeah. But, because it's like, bro, it's kind of like I'm surprised he didn't jump on Puerto Rico yet because. You know, there's a story yeah. there with that documentary about that hurricane. It was, but you know what? This is why I was really had a problem with Spike Lee, and and I don't mean like I probably like I gave up on the guy, but because he had a sequel to when the levees broke, mm-hmm. and this was supposed to be the the the, the, the rebuilding of Hurricane at Hurricane Katrina in the, in, the, in the whole knife war, mm-hmm. and then also we cut to Haiti, and when we cut to Haiti, we cut to this cut to the, the earthquake in Haiti, and I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, why are we in Haiti? And then he just shows the dump truck just dumping out the bodies uh, from Haiti Spike. all on the ground. And I'm just like, if you want to do, if, if if you want to do a documentary on Haiti, that's fine. 
I thought we were talking about the rebirth of New Orleans. And I'm like, we cut to Haiti, and I'm like, this is this is really morbid. But you know, it's like I understand you, but you're trying to get that point across. You're trying to make under people understand because yeah. this is not these are not places that people will typically care about. Exactly, I say that. I want you to understand because look at look at Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. The official death toll was 14 when actually when over a thousand people passed away. Yeah. So this is not a place that people typically care about, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because. As a in the mind of a creative, you think you your your mind goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like literally, there's different things firing all the time, and you can't really seem to hone in on just one. And when you have your own power, nobody's in. There's nobody here to check you. Sub Chunk B. <laughs> and I'm there's nobody bitch. here to check you and say, "Hey, bro, this is a lot. You're doing a lot. You know, you might you might want to chill." Then you very well may do some shit that's way off the rails like that. I agree that in some situations you need to see what's really going on, but I feel like there's a way to allude to it. Even if you like, you show um like you oversweep a mass grave and don't show the bodies. There's different ways. You're a, you're a filmmaker. You can figure out how to do this shit. It's like this. I look at something like Ava DuVernay does, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things of um Ryan Coogler may do, or so. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go Ava DuVernay because she did Selma yeah. and I can And I'm like, you have plenty of. African American uh, directors uh-huh. who do a great job of getting their point across, they don't have to get their point across type thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think he sees that as his signature. Yeah. Thing, where he's like, I'm going to make y'all look, even though y'all don't want to look, you want to look at this. And it's just like, it, it's off putting for a lot of people, especially people who, like us, who do care, regardless right. of where it is. You know, because we we have been to disenfranchised places. We may have grown up in disenfranchised neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. we understand. And we, we get it. He's trying to make people uncomfortable. Instead of just being like, <laughs> I'm going to educate you. Yeah. I'd rather make you uncomfortable to the point where you just like, oh my God. That's what I'm saying. What's wrong here? And that's where it comes off as preaching. But this is the thing. Like, I understand. See, I do agree to a, I do agree to an extent that you have to make people uncomfortable. I'm not saying mm. you you can you have to find you have to always find that balance between teaching somebody while making them comfortable because in some instances education is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you ain't gonna always like the truth, especially right now. It seems right. very uncomfortable for folks. But it seems like he goes too far. Like I would never want to like, see Spike Lee do two movies. A slave movie? Hell no. Or anything about Jesus? I don't ever want to. I don't want to see Spike Lee do anything about those movies. I don't think that Spike Lee would want to do a movie, a slave movie. I honestly, I feel like he's the kind of person who feels like he is more evolved in that, like he's more elevated in that Mm -hmm. than to do a slave movie. I couldn't see him doing a slave movie. Now I might even eat my words one day, but I don't. I don't see him doing it. But um, Jesus, I don't know. You know, he might get bored one day and be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, Spike! Nah, somebody get him! Like Mel Gibson already and beat the shit out of Jesus already. Yeah. I I don't need a Spike Lee version of Jesus be, being beat, okay? <laughs> because Spike Lee, well, next thing you know, will show something from 2010 of these terrorists blowing up the Vatican first, or something like that, yes. and I don't need to see that. First of all, you know he's gonna make Jesus a black. Well, Jesus was a black man, but you know that's 100%. the point. He gonna make him like a soul, soul brother. He yeah. gonna be like, you know. 
Jesus will be Denzel. Uh, yeah. Facts. <laughs> it, you know what? Now it'll be young Jesus. It's John David Washington. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old thirty-three-year-old Jesus somehow is gonna be sixty-something-year-old. Yeah. Denzel. <laughs> but you know what, though? So, but no, that, that was decent. Uh, look, I want everybody. I do require. It don't matter whether you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Native American. It doesn't matter. I recommend you guys go out and see Black Clans. I hear nothing but good things about it. It's not one of those movies where it's targeted to just one audience. That's what that's why it's getting a lot of good ratings because Spike Lee has been known to just target to one audience. Mm-hmm. And but this one is more universal. And besides, one thing he does in this movie that people said it was good that there is laughter. There's there's the it's not it's not like Detroit. Okay, mm-hmm. when Detroit was just like I'm fucked up. Have you seen Detroit? Mm-mm. Bro, you gonna be fucked up through that whole movie. From start to finish, that that is one of the movies that you know had to carry like this. I don't want to watch this; gonna make me angry. Again. It's one of those things like, as your duty as a black man, you should probably go see it. However, you should probably not see it again. It's like Roots; like you watch Roots always okay. the time, and be like, you know what? I'm good. Get it, take I'm it as good. much as possible. As about, you ain't looking again. Okay. Ain't looking at it again. That's what Detroit is because it's just like, when are they going to? It's like, when is the football? When are they gonna win something? Right. They win nothing. They don't. The thing about Detroit, see, this is the thing, reason why, is because I've seen enough documentaries on like the drug trade about Detroit. Yeah. No, 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 it's not about that. No, no, I know it's not yeah. about the drug trade, but I've seen enough. Like, because the thing about when they talk about these, when I talk, when I see these documentaries about yeah. like, drugs and whatnot, they show the poverty part and how businesses got shut down. Yeah. How people had no jobs, people were homeless. They go into all of that, so I can only imagine what Spike did to this game. No, but he. Didn't, uh, Catherine Bigelow did Detroit. Uh-huh. Now, Spike didn't do Detroit, but Catherine Bigelow did Detroit, and it was a good movie. It's right. just... Is it too, like, gory? Like No, no, it's not gory. Okay. It's just exhausting. Oh, okay. It's okay. exhausting okay. because you just see these... Depression. It, 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 these people get treated like shit from beginning when the credits roll to the end. Well, it's just like... what the, the event is. And you can look it up. Okay, well, yeah, if, if you want to look at the event, the event is about this... Uh, this uh, takedown of the was it? I forgot the name of the exact motel that it was at because there was a the riots the in Detroit, the Algiers motel in Detroit. There were these riots that mm-hmm. was going on, and then these police officers heard the, the shot from this, this motel, and they came in there, shot about th- uh, three black bo- big guys, and then they terrorized these people. All the, the rest of the black people and the two white girls that was in there with them all night long. And it was a um And they got away with it. They got away with it and it was a, a famous who was the famous group that was in there? The the, the dramatics. The dramatics, okay. Which so, fucked up their lead singer to the point where he, he just couldn't sing no he more. Couldn't sing anymore. So look up the that incident so yeah. you can get an understanding of what, what the, the movie is. Yeah. So it's not like just, you know, Detroit is so downtrodden and everything. It's really about an actual event where people got fucked up. Mm. So yeah. and this is this is the subject matter. So Exactly. Just but, like that one, I don't. I didn't see it, but I heard it was deep. So yeah, um, but right as of right now, we're about to close the show off. But before we do that, we do have uh, the me and Swag sixty second reviews. Not really. And since Swag is on uh, Otakon this week, and I have finished Ready Player One, a uh, good movie. I still think Steve Spielberg is a great director. But last week we had Lady Sketch read The Killing Joke. Her first graphic novel that she read. The very first. Because it wasn't it wasn't that long of of a, of a graphic novel to read anyway. Yeah, no. So uh, I want to know what I, I made you hold off your review for a whole week. Okay. So I want to know your whole oh, your whole review on the Killing Joke. Uh, since you read the whole Joker, quote unquote, origin story. Um, 
I will say it was interesting because all the movies I've ever seen and all the Batman lore, we have heard and seen Batman's story 18 million times. So, it's nice. I think it's nice to see the inside of the mind or a glimpse of the inside of the mind of a villain. Because villains very rarely are villains just because they just hate people and they just want to fuck shit up. There are some people just like, I just want world domination. But usually it comes from somewhere. Now, I will say it was cool um, seeing some of it, but I felt it was kind of rushed. It was just like, all right, bro, this John's like 20 pages long. We finna tell you from beginning to end who the Joker is a little bit, why he's the way he is, and how he got how he is in the end. So... You, what you want? You want like a rundown? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the killing joke. In the killing joke, they tell. Um, it starts out with Batman going to see the Joker, and he is basically. They basically having this conversation where he's saying to him, "Look, Joker, we keep going back and forth, um, but eventually one of us is going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know Batman don't kill people. Yeah. So he's saying either me or you is going to be." We're going to push each other to the brink, and one of us is going to die or kill each other. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman is probably more so worried because he knows that um, it's probably him because yeah. he don't kill people. Right. So they go through all of that, and um, Joker's really not paying him no attention. He's basically taunting him with his, you know, Jokerisms, and then <laughs> he breaks out as per usual and goes. Well, he realized the guy he's talking to is not really the Joker. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you you know this better than I do. Uh-huh. You want to tell it? Like you want to tell the rest of it? Because I don't want to mess it up. Well, but basically the, the story is uh, it's go- the Joker is trying to prove to everybody. You know the Joker his his, his whole motive is chaos, mm-hmm. and he's trying to prove that anybody on this earth can change with just one, one bad, bad day. day. Absolutely. Because he had one bad day mm-hmm. when he was a failed comedian that he had uh, his wife was pregnant with his baby and mm-hmm. he was trying to get money and you know. Telling the jokes wasn't bringing in no uh, no money, right. and then the gangsters came and they had a lab plan to go rob this chemical plant that he it, used to work at. That he used to work at, and they had him dressed up in this red hood uh, costume. And then what happened? The cops came in there, they, they, they bust him out. The, the villains just left him where he was at. He he fell into this chemical plant, which bleached his skin uh-huh. and made his lips and bright red. So he had a had, yeah had a permanent clown look. Wow. And then he literally that night snapped and went insane. It went crazy. And but Batman, who has been his unstoppable force, is so stoic. But everybody knows that if you look at the story of Batman, Batman's a damaged guy. Well, he, he lost really, both. Really uh, fucked up. He's really yeah, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I was so great movie. So what the Joker's trying to prove to Batman is I can make you snap. Mm. So the only way I'm gonna show you that no matter who you are, you can be fucked up with one bad day. So he kidnaps Commissioner Gordon. Uh-huh. Shoots, and it, shoots Barbara. Shoots, his bar- shoots Barbara and paralyzes her. And then ha- strips Commissioner Gordon down naked and takes pictures of uh, Barbara, you know, uh, in agony and with her clothes off yeah. and trying to make the commissioner snap. Right. Okay. And then we get to we get finally to uh, Batman coming to save the commissioner and him and Joker having this fight and then. They, they, they tell a joke to each other at the end. I forgot what it was. He, I forgot the joke too. But he yeah. tells a joke and he gets Batman to laugh. He never got Batman never to laugh before. since 1937 at all. Period. And Batman sure, never laughed. And I'm sure it was great for him because he's a fellow comedian. Somebody laughed at his joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it pans out and all you hear is gagging. So you don't know if 
Batman killed the Joker. He was choking the Joker. He was choking. Yeah. He's choking the Joker and he's just like laughing hysterically. But it leaves you there. It doesn't tell you whether or not the Joker died. It doesn't tell you whether or not he stopped choking him. He does tell the Joker that he wasn't able to cut Commissioner Gordon, which I think kind of broke his spirit a little bit too. But um, you don't know whether or not he actually killed him. Now, the whole reason this came up was because we were talking about the movie The Killing Joke. Which they extended from that very short graphic novel. It's a very short book. Very short book. A what? How long was the movie? Again? An hour and twelve minutes. Didn't need to be. It didn't need to be that long. So then they made this whole like different, like a whole different art in the movie, and it was just like this is a mess. I felt sick in the movie hmm. because it just didn't keep my interest. And I was I read the book and I was like, if we had just stuck to the source material, we would have been fine. Hmm. So I think that it was a decent book. It's something that a graphic novel hmm. to make you think because it's like. Can you really just have some? Can somebody just really have one really bad day and snap? Like, is that possible? Yeah. Because clearly the Joker did. However, Commissioner Gordon didn't. And eventually, you push Batman to the point where he might have. Well, here's the thing, though. You said anybody can snap with just one bad day. The issues he had uh, that built up over time. Think about it. You know, just one bad day doesn't mean you can't feed your family. He said yeah. he's trying to get money. The, his wife didn't have money for the baby. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have money for a while. You kind of mm. missed. We kind of missed the main mm. part where his his wife and baby died in the fire. That Wait, day. Oh, so so you missed that major. Like you didn't tell him that. Part. I did miss that part. His, ba- his wife and the baby okay. did die in the fire. So what happened was he was playing in this heist with the people. Well, he wasn't playing it. The the gangsters came in and was help, like muscling him to do this heist mm-hmm. with the um of this old company he used to work for because he needed the money. Yeah. So they told they was like, look, you'll be we'll be in, we'll be out, you'll get your cut and then you can run off into the sunset with your, your wife and your kid. So he left a good job to go pursue a career as a comedian and it didn't pan out for him. And his wife is trying to be supportive, like it's okay, you know, we're gonna make it blah blah blah. So then he goes off and does this plan. As he's there that night planning the like the heist or whatever his wife was testing out a baby bottle warmer mm-hmm. and a place caught on fire and she died. Hold on, so, hold on, because I got to be clear. He left his job to pursue a career in comedy. It didn't work. His wife and baby died in the fire and he was planning to go on a heist the same, all this happened in a 24 hour the same That's day. what I'm saying. That's it all takes us one day. And then at that, in that same. You don't know how far-fetched that sounds. It's a comic That's book, though. It's a comic book. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. I mean, first of all, if you fall on an acid chemical plane, you should be dead. Exactly. No, no, no. I get that part, but I'm just saying, that's a... a, Can one thing... Which leads me to... Can one thing happen... Can can somebody snap that completely lose all of their marbles in the span of 24 hours? Yeah. Possible. So, yeah. So, that's what it was. It was like... And then, the person who caused all of this was Batman. So that's probably that's why he tormented Batman all the time. Because it was like he didn't really cause the whole thing, but once everything went awry, like they changed up at the plant. So somebody to the uh, other people got shot. He couldn't see anything because he had the hood on. Mm-hmm. And then Batman came and freaked him out and he was like, Stop, don't come near me or I'll jump and he jumped but it was at it was like chemicals at the bottom. It's a chemical mm-hmm. plant. And that's how he became the Joker. When he took the hood off Everything was all fucked up. That's funny. So it's yeah. So all the all this happened in one day. You mean a few hours ago? Because he was like, I can't do this. My wife is there, and they like, you gonna do this? 
regardless. I don't care if your wife died or not. That's sad. You know, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. But he did all of that and then still had to go through with this heist. And at the end of all of that and everything going awry, yeah, you got fucked up. And now you, you're permanently stuck like this. So he went crazy. So that's what his sole motivation is. Like, I went crazy. Oh, y'all motherfuckers can go crazy. So it's just like I get it, I understand, and it's a comic book. You gotta suspend belief to some to some degree, but I, I thought it was de- I thought it was decent, way better than the damn movie. Yeah, books are usually better than movies. When you explain it, like, you gotta tell me that. Possible to go crazy in the span of twenty four hours. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of things can happen to a lot of people in twenty four hours. But yeah, that's the thing. So, uh, thank you for the review. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm saying I'll wait, wait a whole week to see what you know you thought of that one. But I enjoyed it. I would actually read another graphic novel. Yes, I'm telling you. When you ready? No, 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 I got, I got plenty of books on my list. Yeah. You can add a couple that you think would be. I'm not. Appropriate. I'm gonna go add one. I know you're gonna say Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come is the only thing you gotta read, and that's gonna make you want to read other graphic novels. Okay. I'm sorry. I know. I believe. But yeah, Kingdom Come, I think, is like really grounded in something that you would like. I know that's your A one. Y'all still buying hardbacks? Oh yeah, I am. Look, I saw my collection over there. Yeah, no, I don't got fancy on y'all. I do all the audio books now. Oh, yeah, and, he said. Yeah. But you know what? That's gonna bring our show to end tonight. So I appreciate both y'all coming here and joining me, talking a little nerd uh, gas and stuff like that. Once again, uh, latest sketch has the turntables podcast uh, coming out starting now. Hopefully, be on Spacious Productions, yes. and then of course we have uh, Left Brain, the favorite cousin, Joe Franklin got. Uh, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues, already hot on Anchor, 52 episodes deep. And like I said, we are he's evolving and making that show a little bit longer. So tell them where they can find that show at again. And then if they want to come talk about it, talk about the different topics about you, give them, give them your handles one more time. Oh, man. Uh, on Anchor, uh, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongue, uh, left underscore brain. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram. Uh, if you want to laugh a little bit on Instagram, talk about something on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is left underscore brain 88 on facebook is mayor franklin i also have a page that you can like left underscore left brain um yeah those are my handles oh by the way also my uh, podcast is not only on anchor it's also on spotify itunes google pretty much anywhere yes my apologies for that putting all the other podcasts hey, apps man, out there listen, it's all good we're gonna get it and we're gonna get it so, so uh, that ends the show for today. Once again, make sure you guys check out Spacious Productions, the production company that we are a part of, and check out the Market Dark Show, which is a weekly episode that they do. And what's the, is, is, is my pop the other show they do on there? No, they discontinued that for a while. Um, <sighs> they have a show, a podcast out right now about um, healthy eating. Check that out. Okay, what's the name of that one called? <sighs> Don't, don't, don't know. Okay, okay, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, but, but right now, Space Production, if you just go to there and check out the website, mm-hmm. they have they all have that. All, list of all their podcasts. All their podcasts on there, and we're on there as well as the Nerdgasm Talk podcast, and of course, the wrestling version of the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling podcast. So make sure you guys check out both our podcasts on there. And if you guys are on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you have anything to comment about that what we talked about, make sure you hit the comments down below. But if you guys not listen to on YouTube, and if you want to just listen to us on the podcast apps, we're on Stitcher if you guys have any. Android. We're on iTunes if you have an iPhone. We have on SoundCloud. We're on Speaker. We're on Google Play. And I'm actually gonna try to put the podcast up on Anchor myself. And I'm trying to get a. Uh, we're trying to get on there on Spotify as well. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the No Gimmicks Needed. I mean, excuse me, the Nerdgasm Talk Special of Otakon. What they're gonna be doing? I think. Don't get me the lying, but Swaggle Zero told me a live podcast. We shall see. So we shall see. 
about one deck. So it's going to be uh, him, uh, Quattro, Q Flow Flow, Rookie, the man does the music for our show. And also, mm-hmm. uh, their, their boy Tim, who has a podcast of his own called I'll Talk If You'll Listen. So make sure you guys check that out on all the great podcast apps as well. Uh, you want to say something before we leave out here, Joe? No, I'm just sneaking this, ec- this episode on Anchor. I didn't think you recognized what I was doing. Oh, okay. So, no, no. I did it. Since day was the second number three. <laughs> I, I recognize all that. But so, uh, once again, so this is uh, NC in the place to be. Chill with you, Mr. A&D. And the greatest sketch, Lady Sketch. It's been real, y'all. And uh, left brain, your favorite cousin, Joe Franklin. Yes, sir. And uh, once again, Nerd Coach is out. Q-Flow. Wherever you at, legally, take us out. We're bringing nerdgasm to your ears. Welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C. Get ready to shake things up with pineapple, coconut, and tango with mango lemonade, the two newest flavors of Rockstar Recovery from Rockstar Energy. These flavors are coming to you just in time to recover from the end of summer. But if that isn't enough, Rockstar Energy is giving five lucky people the chance to win $1,000 to fund their hustles. That's one grand in your pocket for any project you want. So recover like a rock star, hustle like a rock star, and visit rockstarhustle5.com for your chance to win. That's rockstarhustle5.com. See website for official rules and details.